you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Marcus. Hey guys, it's Marcus here. What have we got this week? What am I going to be writing? Should I be as excited as I sound right now? Should I put on my radio voice? What should I do? Oh man. Use every voice, be as excited as possible, because we have a treat for you and the listeners. Oh gosh. (laughs) And for us, who are we kidding? Eric and I are jazzed as hell to be doing this. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. All right. So this week, we're doing something a little different. A little sexy. A little kinky. A little Fifty Shades of Grey. We're doing Fifty <laughs> oh, Shades yeah. of the Grey. The movie. The movie. The yes. movie. Because we couldn't be bothered to read the book. <laughs> But so this isn't one of your old favorites. No, no, we switched it up a little bit, and we'll we'll get to why in a little bit. But I want to give credit where credits due. So Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie, was directed by Sam Taylor Johnson and written by Kelly Marcel, based on the novel by E. L. James. It's starring Dakota Johnson, Jamie Dornan, Jennifer Eel, Eloise Mumford, and of course Marcia Gay Harden. It was released in February of 2015, so about a year ago, From uh, and then it's now available on HBO Go. That's where Eric and I watched it, streamed on the uh. HBO Go. Otherwise, it's for sale at all the usual places, Amazon. It's a romance, it's a drama, and it's kind of softcore, you know? Like, like I, would, <laughs> I would loop that into the genres Very for much this so. one. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so why we chose... We, we, why, why, why do we choose this? So, this is an interesting one, because the history of this one kind of tied into it a little bit. Um, so, Fifty Shades of Grey, for those that don't know, was developed from Twilight fan fiction. <laughs> uh, the writer E.L. James, she originally titled it Masters of the Universe, and it it was not starring like He-Man. He-Man. <laughs> it wasn't He-Man, but she called it Master yeah. of the Universe. Master of the He-Man. Universe. He-Man. Skeletor. Uh, Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> but, Nailing it. Nailing it. <laughs> but it was based on Twilight, and it was originally the lead characters were originally Edward Cullen and Bella Swan from those stories. And after some online comments, she changed it over to these different characters and called it Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, so this has fan fiction origins. This story, and appropriate, so that, yeah, man. So we decided to go out on the limb here and try something and a little interesting where we're writing fan fiction or sham fiction, excuse me about a property based on fan fiction that's getting kind of meta like i think we're a couple levels deep in yes so So let let me get this right there there was a book series called twilight the twilight saga yes 
uh, E.L. James said, I'm going to write Twilight fan fiction. Yep. It was popular enough that she filed off the serial numbers, changed the names around, and published it as an original work called Fifty Shades of Grey. That was adapted into a movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. You watched the movie. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me about the movie based on the book, based on the fan fiction, based on Twilight. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to write sham fiction based on what you tell me about of the movie, based on the book, based on the fan fiction, based on Twilight, that lived in the house. That <laughs> You uh, know, Marcus, I'm glad you're following mm-hmm. along. Um, Got it. This is definitely a property that uh, Andrew and I were not fans of. Uh, let me just say that off the bat. Normally, with these with these shows, we take something that we love and we we just we just share it in this shammy sort of way. This time, we decided <laughs> that you know what, Fifty Shades of Grey deserves our attention. No, we've never read it. No, we've never seen it. We're gonna do it anyway. So Andrew and I got together. We cuddled up on the couch, cracked open a candles. bottle of wine. All true. All <laughs> this true. is all absolutely <laughs> true. And we watched. <laughs> This fantastic film, and I, I say fantastic non-ironically. No, it's fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what kind of music you listen to. I don't know what gets your rocks off. <laughs> this is a good film. Yeah, Let seriously. nobody say otherwise. We're not being facetious. We enjoyed the hell out of this movie. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was very and, different than we were expecting. And, and let me say, uh, as we're starting, this is a, a not safe for work property. There's lots mm. of kinky sex. Uh, we're going to be going into spoiler territory. So warning to the listening audience. Because uh, we're going to be spoiling like the first half of the movie based on the books. So I don't know how much of a spoiler that really is. Uh, but there is going to be foul language. I might start saying F words in about uh, 20 seconds. Those F m- words might start turning into <laughs> other words that sound a lot like fuck. Oh. <laughs> uh, oops, I went there. Oh. Um, so that's the sort of thing you're, you're going to get into. I'm sorry if your six-year-old just heard the fuck word. I'm right? into that Again. shit. Yeah, I'm into fine. this. It's fine. They should not be listening to this, by the way. All right. So, Andrew, take us into it. Uh, I, sure. I think, I think we just we need to know what this is. What's what's going on? Sure. So, Fifty Shades of Grey. It follows the lead characters, uh, Anastasia Steele. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's her name. That's her name. That's her name. That's totally Steele. natural name. That is a real name. For a real character. And then Anastasia steal my heart. Got it. Yep, uh, you got it. Uh, Anastasia is a college senior, and she is, is, she meets Christian Gray. Christian Gray. Cool name. Not as crazy as Anastasia Steele. It's like the name of a human. Like a, like a person might actually name their child Christian Gray. Sure. <laughs> All right, so they... I know I would. Christian Grey, he is the head, he is the young head of a billion dollar media company. This guy, he's in his 20s, he's young, he's hot, and he is rich. And DTF. Oh, so, so TTF. And he's available. He is an eligible uh, bachelor. Yes. So they meet when Anastasia comes to meet him in his office on his turf at Gray House, which is the name of the skyscraper that his business is I, I in. I think it's literally the name of the media company as well, is Gray House. Gray House. Gray House. And 
so yeah, she goes to meet him there for an interview for the campus newspaper because, again, she's a college student and she is an English literature major. Um, and immediately there is an attraction between them. Like, instantly. These two are, are ogling each other. Christian knows that there's something not right, or there's something so right about this girl. Um, <laughs> Even though she's, like, literally dropping things, and sh- when she enters the room, she just falls on her face. Yeah, she <laughs> falls into the room. Like, like, the most awkward. Like, this is the part where it screams Twilight fan fiction because the main character whose main uh characteristic is that she's klutzy she's klutzy that's it so after this interview christian keeps showing up in anna's life like he just keeps popping up in places she works at a (laughs) hardware store like that's where she works she works at a hardware hardware store and he just shows up at the hardware store to buy of all things some rope some cable ties some duct tape who knows what they're for yet Anna's like, are you a serial killer? <laughs> and he's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. Not creepy, not stalker behavior, totally normal, met once, and then just starts showing up. Why not? And she's oh, into it. Oh, she is into for it. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so they start seeing each other, you know, like they start going out, he takes her for a helicopter ride, uh... Not a sex thing, just a real helicopter ride. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We gotta be really clear about that sort of stuff here. Uh, And this all takes place uh, in the Pacific Northwest, Marcus. I don't know if that's gonna 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 factor in at all. But if you oh, it'll be raining. If you you need a city, the city is Seattle. Uh, The university, coffee, rain. uh, I don't know. It's Puget Sound somewhere. Yeah. Uh, what what school does she go to? It doesn't matter. Uh, it's she goes to school in Vancouver. It doesn't matter. <laughs> She's right. a college student. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So Seattle, the rainy city. I don't know if that's actually what it's called. Uh, so other other fun facts about Anastasia Steele. Uh, we already covered that she's awkward. She's clumsy. She's uncomfortable. Uh, so that awkwardness must come through in her speech. Uh, she is smart. Uh, and she's frank. She says how she feels. She she's not afraid to kind of cut to the heart of things. Uh, she is always surrounded by hot guys, like everywhere. Really available, uh, really attractive men who are totally into her. She's got friends who are totally hot and and, and available. She's got coworkers who, t- who are totally hot and available. They're all ripped because movie. I think that's just uh, what Seattle's like. I maybe think it's just full of people Se- like that. Should, uh, should, I mean, I, that's what I'm, I'm taking this movie at face value. Like, just Absolutely. full of hot people. And uh, and for some reason, she doesn't uh, she doesn't get with that. She's not into that. We don't know. Uh, it is revealed in this film that Anastasia Steele, uh, graduating college senior, is oh, no. a virgin. She's the big oh, V. No. She's never had sex. Still got that V card. She's still got that V card, which is uh, a huge shock to Mr. Christian Gray. So uh, get into that. I a would bit I would Andrew. like to get into this now because <laughs> you set up Anastasia perfectly. And so Christian, his big thing, he's this just unlike Anastasia, who's very like Eric said, is frank and kind of says what she feels. That's what attracts Christian to her because he like looks at this girl who's kind of unassuming, kind of klutzy, and 
she's 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 got a head on her shoulders, you know? Like and he's drawn to that because she's surrounded by hot dudes, he's surrounded by hot ladies. Mm-hmm. As Eric and I de- deemed them <laughs> the babes in Grayland because when you walk into Christian Grey's office, every single person that works from him for him is a tall blonde model looking chick in a gray dress all of them they look identical they're like oompa loompas uh-huh. only hot <laughs> that's that's a good description yeah christian gray he's Oompa-Loompas like charlie yeah, or he's, he's the yeah <laughs> so um so he's drawn to her immediately because of that and but he also says that he has or he doesn't have a heart he doesn't he doesn't love he's not a romantic he drinks white wine. <laughs> he looks good in a suit. He looks real good in a suit. And he has very singular tastes. Singular tastes. Remember that line, Marcus. If, if you're going to put anything specifically in words in your sham fiction, the quote singular tastes, I think should I was play just going to draw pictures, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when she drops to him that she's a virgin because he's like i have singular taste i just do like i i don't let people in and when i do they have to do what i want which is you know oh he's weird, so kinky commandeering stuff. he's so commanding he's so everything that this guy does is all right i like you but i'm in control right now you're gonna do what i say because that's how I get off, basically. He Everything he does, in his business, he is in control. In his personal life, he is in control. In his relationships, he is in control. And that's why, when these two start dating, as they obviously do, or basically they start seeing each other, they're in each other's circles, he starts inviting her over to his place, his, his palatial top floor condominium. Penthouse. penthouse um, and things start to get a little heavy and and I'm I'm a little I'm a little fuzzy on the uh, on the the who's and what's uh, Andrew do you remember what's the like series of events that lead to them basically hooking up well because he tells her about his singular tastes and what he's into <laughs> which again this is this is this is kind of the crux of the whole thing he's into BDSM oh, bondage yeah. sadomasochism Dom, no, just, just sadism. Sadism. Yeah, not I, even masochism. He, he's into the whole dominant, submissive sex acts. That's his stuff. And when he says that, he, he's like, I don't have sex any other way. You know? Oh, he, he, he specifically well, says, I don't make love. I fuck hard. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's say that? the he line. He says that literally. <laughs> literally. 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 Yeah, oh, so man. he is the so, dominant one when it comes to sex, and he lets her know. It's he's all very upfront. He's, I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't like I'm gonna take you and make you mine. It's gonna be I want to dominate you, and I want you to give me permission to dominate you. That's the whole thing. This is the this is the proposal that he gives her. He basically <laughs> he's dry. He's he's they they, they spend a night uh, together basically. You yeah, know, he finds out that she's a virgin, yeah. and so he makes an exception and takes uh-huh. that V card yeah, the normal way. The normal way they have they have passionate, you know, your sexy style uh, coupling, uh, and then he <laughs> he drives her home. Uh, I love this scene, so I'm going to talk about it specifically. 
they they go into the garage of this building where he lives and they, they're passing all these really nice cars and anastasia steals like uh uh wh- whose cars are these or or no she's like she's like uh which car is yours and and he's like all of them yeah <laughs> and it's super cool <laughs> so they get in the they get in the audi they get in the audi convertible they drive in and as they're driving uh he has her reach into the glove compartment because inside the glove compartment is a manila envelope and inside the manila envelope is the contract the contract. there is an actual contract it's a thick document uh listing all of the things that would be expected of her if they entered this relationship. So this is things like, it's basically an NDA, first of all. Don't talk about us. You're not allowed to, to talk about what we do. You're not allowed to talk about me, anything. Uh, you have to spend the weekends at my place. So on Friday night, you have to come over, and you're not leaving until, like, Monday morning. That's the deal. Uh, and it even dictates things like what she's allowed to eat, which seems a little excessive, I don't know. But it goes into detail, all the sexual acts that she is expected to agree to. All of the dirty, kinky stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't even know how to describe the things that he expects. Well, Some don't. Of- so that's the thing. We don't <laughs> want to describe the things that he's talking about. Oh, yeah, because we'll that's, that that's, that's where your imagination needs to come in. Oh, but here's the thing. So he's not saying that this contract is set that she has to do these things. There's negotiation. He's open to negotiation. He's a businessman. He's he, he may be the dominant one, but he's open to this stuff. So that's kind of where we want you to come in. So there's a great <laughs> sequence in this film. It's the best sequence in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And it's when Christian and Anastasia are in a boardroom with the contract in front of them negotiating the contract. Saying and what we will and what we won't do, what we'll agree to, what we won't agree to. And it's Anastasia laying out the terms. Because she, as much as, this whole movie is about dominance and submissive. You know, it's like the dominant and the submissive. And the movie, every scene is kind of a play on that. Where one of the characters, and you think, you know, mostly Christian is going to be there, but it's not the case. Like, Anastasia has control over the situation as well, because she's the other partner in this relationship, and she is holding fast onto that. She's not a dummy. She's not just diving into this and taking it at face value. She is negotiating as well. Now, mind uh, that this okay first of all i just i'm tickled by this the fact that you know when they they got in the car and the contract was in the glove box i have to assume there's a copy in every single car he owns (laughs) which i couldn't get over for like 10 minutes of watching this movie i'm just like they just chose that car at random and the contract's in there oh my god so okay now keep in mind I, i just had to get that out there keep in mind christian is like falling for this girl like, like seriously, like she's does something to him. She's not just like the normal uh, run-of-the-mill person that she he's not the babe in Greyland. He's she's not a babe in Greyland. She's different. So everything that happens uh, in this, uh, Christian has this, this these feelings for her that she that he doesn't know how to uh, handle. He doesn't know what to do with it because it's not his usual course of action. Uh, so 
every single scene, just like Andrew said, is like a play on this dominance thing. It's like, who's going to come out on top? Who is the dominant in this one? Who is the submissive? So that's huge. And will she sign the contract? Uh You know, maybe she won't even sign it. Maybe she will. Maybe they'll change some things and sign it. I don't know. Like, that's all for you to decide in this sham fiction of yours. So just a couple of things, kind of textual things that I want to point out before we get into, before we hear from you, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um, when you imagine any scene, this negotiation <laughs> scene, or any scene in this movie, whatever it is you're writing, you need to imagine cheesy soap opera music oh or top 40 hits from like a year ago playing no, no, no. over the top scene. Top 40 hits from like 15 years ago. <laughs> I mean, there's some stuff like like I think that there was a lot of stuff in there that was like like any time that a pop song came on. Well, I guess that's not true. You're right. But, I but loved there was... this movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but the music was terrible, real bad. So uh, I think that's a the soap opera music is a good thing to imagine. It'll get you in the right headspace. The other thing that I want to mention is expressive scenery. So. Every scene in this movie has this, like, textural detail to it that kind of, like, paints the emotion for the scene. So, like, in a scene where Anastasia's crying after, you know, Christian reveals something to her, there's rain streaming down the glass and the windows outside. Or when they are having sex, you know, we have this cool blue reflective surfaces all around them you know there everything is kind of the film and this is something that i really appreciated about the film because it made it seem like hey the director and people behind the scenes they're thinking about this you know they're thinking this this isn't inconsequential they thought about where they set the scenes in this movie and it was something that really drew me into the film and i really enjoyed so i know you're good about painting those pictures in terms of the scenery and the feel and that's important, I think, in, yeah. in what the piece that you write. One thing that I loved uh, is that Christian Grey uh, is always the dominant one. Everything is business to him. Everything. Business, business, business. So uh, for him, life is business. Sex is business. Everything is spoken about in business terms. He's very serious about everything. So as part of his voice, it's that everything's a negotiation, is a deal, etc. One thing that Christian loves to do is after sex, he will play the grand piano. Without (laughs) nude, Uh, he'll probably put a pair of pants on, but his his abs will still be showing, obviously. Uh, He'll play the grand piano, like 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 the arrow. Maybe not Uh, as good as the arrow, but pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty damn good. Um, uh, another thing, Anna, Anastasia, bites her lip all the time. If she has a, a nonverbal reaction to anything, it is biting her lip, and it drives Christian wild. Oh, he loves it. He tells her not to do it because he loves it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and as far as details go, that's all the important things that I got. So, yeah, so like, yeah, let's let's hear from you, man. You, we we want what, what have you been hearing? What have you been picking up here? Oh boy, you guys are just great friends, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is gonna be something. I, I I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to write this because it's been such a pop culture phenomenon. I have heard a few things about it outside of this, 
So I was I was really concerned. Uh, so with with the contract, it is something that she can uh, rescind consent at any time because consent cannot be given in advance and is not a perpetuity uh, in sexual relationships. That in the film at all. I'll tell you this: there are safe words in the mm-hmm. text. So the the if she signed it, she would be expected to perform the acts listed in the contract. And if it ever gets to her breaking point, she can say yellow, which means I'm getting near my breaking point, and red, which means done. Get out. Gotcha. Yeah, so she does have some control in there, but it's still expected as per the contract to do the thing. Yeah, so, so that's that's a little questionable, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get around that. So let me try to recap here. Um, we, we don't need to go deeply into maybe the problems with this work <laughs> good, good uh, choice of words if, if there are uh yeah so uh this is not he-man and skeletor no. but nope. they may may come into it uh, you have anastasia Steele, who is just a <laughs> blank slate she is she is a a college senior who somehow gets an interview with her college newspaper for a multi-billionaire but she's a clumsy mess even though she's smart and frank she's surrounded by hot dudes uh, who all are, you know, DTF, as we say. Mm-hmm. She's a virgin, but she loves biting that lip. And, uh, <laughs> it's good because she meets a lip-bite fetishist by the name of Christian Grey, who's this 20s hot billionaire in a media company, which is called Grey House. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, that's the name of the building. And I don't know, does he live in Grey House as well, or does he have a Grey penthouse? Is it, uh, Up to you. Up to you. I think yeah, it's a separate okay. building, but uh, I don't know. So, man, this this guy's world, everything is business, which just means negotiations and and uh, clinical terms. But he, uh, he loves playing that grand piano after sex, even though he says he has no heart. He says he has no soul. He doesn't make love. He just, you know, fucks hard. Fucks. <laughs> uh, which is apparently hard. his singular taste. Singular. And... <laughs> Gosh, he looks good in a suit, but he's surrounded by hot women as well. And he's falling for Anastasia because she's different. Maybe because she's, I think she's a brunette, right? She's not a, yeah. a blonde. Yeah. Um, still boring white person, but, you know, that's <laughs> what can you do? something. What can you do? Uh, so he's into BDSM. He, he's, he's very considerate in that he takes her virginity in a normal way uh, before going into his kink. He bends the rules a little bit. Um, he has a garage full of cars with sex contracts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's just, I'm, I'm really tempted to break rank on this, guys, and I don't want to tell you how, because if I do it, I want to surprise you. But uh, he goes to the hardware store and buys rope and cable ties and doesn't send this woman screaming or to the national media who would be very interested in this story. Um <laughs> They're in the, the gray, gray Pacific Northwest. Um, and he has this contract negotiation about the sex contract, which is set to the tunes of bad top 40 music. Does he play bad top 40 music on the grand piano? No. <laughs> no, he plays like dirges. He plays sad, sad laments. <laughs> Just, I don't know what that says, but maybe I'll figure that out. Uh and that sounds like a lot of stuff. So I, I don't know what the magic is of this story yet. 
Is it just a lot of smut? Is that the the idea? Oh, oh my God, yes, of course. There, there is the yeah. smut. Uh, again, I think the the magic in this is this play for dominance that is uh, throughout the whole thing, and and these two characters are just diametrically opposed when it comes to this this fight for dominance. They do it in such different ways, and I think that's the magic. It's just the, between them how they assert control in different ways. Yeah, they're trying to find that common ground because he has his singular tastes and she's not really all that into it, but she's really into him. So she wants to make it work and he wants to make it work. So, And she's yeah. got a lot to learn. Do they have a talk about the future of their relationship? Are their parents being met? <laughs> there are. They meet each other's really? parents in this. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh they, my gosh, yeah. I was just joking. No, yeah, Marsha Gay Harden plays his mom, and then uh, Jennifer uh, Eel plays her mom. So we mentioned those earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are other right. characters in here, but we haven't bothered sure. to describe them because they really don't have any consequence. So why waste our time? But yes, there is family. <laughs> So All it right. seems so some bonus serious. points. We got to get some bonus points in. Oh, send please, your way. bonus points. So uh, I'm gonna give you bonus points for uh, the most original sex toy brought up during the negotiation. Oh no! <laughs> I want to know what's going on in that mind of yours, Mister Man. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, and I'm gonna give you bonus points for the most original use of a gray tie, a gray necktie. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel good? <laughs> and and the this... more business analogies when discussing sex, the better. Oh, obviously. It's a good thing I'm in business school. Uh, there you go. Oh, you'll know all this'll, about This will be yeah. easy for you. Christian Gray himself. All right. Well, I will think of a way to get you guys back for having me write this. <laughs> but until <laughs> then, I'm going to go ahead and write it. So I will see y'all later. Good luck. Hey folks, while Marcus is off writing, we'd like to make a quick request. If you enjoyed the podcast, please support us by subscribing and get a new episode for free every Sunday. While you're at it, you might consider rating us as well. We like positive reviews, so if you have something nice to say, please say it. If you don't like the show, pretend you're writing a sham fiction of a positive review and get a little writing exercise out of it. That sounds like a sweet deal. Alright, thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. All right, so Marcus is away, leaving us to play. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Oh, uh, man. So we this is our prediction segment of the episode in which Eric and I will uh, predict what we think Marcus is going to be doing here <laughs> while he's alone with Fifty be, Shades of Grey in his head. It's going to be pure smut. <laughs> you know what I'm really hoping to see? What, in, what's that? Uh, in Marcus's version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my goodness. I think... Really He's quickly gonna, consider what you just said. Marcus's Fifty Marcus's Shades. Marcus's Fifty Shades of Marcus. I just want... <laughs> okay, is, sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of that in this in this episode, <laughs> of us just giggling like children at everything Marcus I'm sure, says. I'm sure. But what I'm really hoping to see, and this is going to give him the super extra uh, secret bonus points, is if, if Anastasia Steele... Uh, ends up putting anything in Christian Gray's ass. <laughs> if Anastasia fucks Christian, yes, 
Uh, he will oh, man. earn my undying respect. Oh my god, he the, the, the penetrator becomes the penetratee. Exactly. Oh man, I, I want to see that complete turn of the tables. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. That, that, I'm, I'm smitten by that. Um, let's not get our hopes up. <laughs> oh my goodness, now my hopes are up now. Oh no! Oh my goodness! I take it back! Oh, don't take it back. Never takes anything like that back. Um, do, uh, do you have any bonus points? Oh any man. any additional bonus points? Ah, that's so good. I just want, you know, I, I, I hope we get at least five business analogies during sex. I know that's a mm-hmm. high, that's a tall order, but... This is Marcus. He's going through business school as we speak. You know, yeah. he's deep in the th- he's deep in <laughs> that education. How deep, is he? How deep is he? How deep? Oh gosh, at least elbow deep into oh, no. <laughs> uh, into his uh, business degree. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so yeah, like that was my favorite part. I think we went over that earlier. Um, yeah. The the, the the I mean we described that scene and that was definitely the best um, well, that negotiation. That's, that's good. Five analogies. That's one every 300 words. I think uh, I think he can do it. Let's uh let's bring him back in. Let's have him let's have him read his version to us and and we'll see. <laughs> yes, let's. Hey guys, I'm back and I have written something <laughs> something eh what kind of something <laughs> little little something something uh so i think i mentioned before i went away to write which seems like it was days ago i know it was only a couple minutes uh, <laughs> i think that i mentioned that i might try something a little different with this one and i did Ooh, so oh uh, I'm interested to see your response, uh-huh. and it, it may not be exactly what you're looking for, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm throwing it out there. Oh boy! So, okay, well with a you, well, you play pe- pitcher, we'll be like catcher. That. We're all good. All right. Uh, so I present to you, servants of the universe. Oh boy! What? Here we go. He liked it when she watched. The thought of it disgusted her as she observed the two of them on the monitor, Christian Gray and Anastasia Steele locked in a heated negotiation, while Maria Hart looked on, an electronic voyeur at her employer's command. There were practical considerations for Maria's assignment, of course. Only last year a young woman had managed to get a knife through security, but Maria couldn't help thinking that the task was more about giving Gray control. He had security personnel who could monitor the meeting, but he insisted on having Maria watch instead. He claimed it was due to the confidential nature of the discussion, but after three years, she knew better than that. Gray loved having her do menial jobs, knowing that he owned her. She had received her MBA from Stanford with top marks before coming to Gray House, an array of bright futures stretched out before her. She could have been anything. Now she worked for him, and she was nothing. Do you have any idea how much money each minute I waste in this room cost me? Gray said. His voice was pitched in anger, but Maria knew it was just a tactic. Anastasia wasn't as sure. She moved back unconsciously in her chair at the outburst. The poor thing. She thought this whole performance was a debut. That the lines hadn't been rehearsed on a hundred other girls before her. It was like seeing Paul McCartney in concert and thinking he had come up with Live and Let Die on the spot. (laughs) Supposing it was lucky that the fireworks timed out so well to the music. 
<laughs> we need to move on or you need to leave. Gray's fist pounded to the beat. To her credit, Anastasia stood her ground. She didn't flee, though that likely would have been better for her in the long run, and she didn't cave and sign. That would have put an early end to Gray's game, and Anastasia would have been let go shortly thereafter. Gray grew bored quickly. When business came so simply that he was a billionaire by 20, owning people became the only thing that brought challenge into Gray's life. But even then, there were people who gave in too easily for his taste. I'm not moving on until you elaborate, Anastasia said. The contract mentions the use of ropes, chains, straps, and other items of an equivalent nature. I need you to be specific. What else would you like to tie me down with, Christian? She bit her lip then, and Gray's <laughs> hand started caressing his tie. His eyes danced over her body in that way he had once looked at Maria, as if clothes were never a barrier to his perception. She almost gagged. While Gray went on about the various harnesses and improvised restraints he enjoyed, Maria turned her attention to her other business. She would have to make a full report on the negotiation, but she had seen enough of them to be able to divert her focus to more pressing matters. She looked at her to-do list. She had already replaced or refreshed the contracts in the glove compartments of each of the luxury vehicles in Gray's garage. <laughs> She had also sent out the week's schedule to her doppelgangers in the office. Each of the perfect blonde women in matching gray skirts had come from impeccable backgrounds. Harvard Law, Johns Hopkins, Eloise had been a literal princess. <laughs> gray liked to make the mighty meek and the meek rise to his level, only to be thrust down again. Maria turned to whittling down her inbox. It was one of her only duties fit to the position of executive director of media relations she held by formal title. When she had started in Gray's employ, she was the envy of her fellow graduates. Seven figures, equity, and an enterprise that was devouring the globe? She had called him Christian then, before she learned the truth. She never shared with her classmates the reality of what her job entailed. She had simply let go of them, further separating herself from the ability to break free of Gray House. Even the emails didn't keep her occupied for long. There were thousands to sift through, but they were mostly press inquiries. Reporters hoping in vain for a chance to interview the great Christian Grey. Surely they knew by now it was futile. But then again, if a college senior like Anastasia Steele could get FaceTime. If only they knew what had gone into that selection process. Maria pulled up the file on Anastasia. The cover photo now showed her security portrait, but inside there were still the long-lens surveillance pictures Grey had made Maria collect when he was last on the hunt. There were more details in the file than Anastasia knew about herself. Psych evaluations from her family and friends that had been gathered under the guise of job recruitment or university improvement surveys. Copies of every piece of electronic communication she had ever sent. Viewing habits, both mundane and pornographic. Even the results of the blood screening she had unknowingly volunteered for when Greyhouse sponsored a blood drive on campus. She closed the file. She was revolted by her complicity in the treatment of Anastasia, as she was by the man who had ordered her into it. Maria had always convinced herself that she was better than these girls who came through, who told Gray they loved him and believed his hollow, echoed reply. She had never slept with him. But she was lying to herself when she said she had never wanted to. She had seen the tapes when she started. So exciting, so wrong. Part of her had wondered what it would be like to know that the tie Gray wore on the cover of Forbes was the same one that had restrained her as she called out in ecstasy. He only wore ties that were part of his domination when he made his rare press appearances. 
She looked back to the monitor. The hidden feed from the stark industrial meeting room still showed her a perfect image of the negotiation. Anastasia was leaning forward now, and Maria noticed that a button had come undone from her black top. Gray looked ready to pounce. They'd moved on to page three of the contract, and Maria knew from experience that they would soon be done. What she didn't expect was how disappointed that made her. Somehow, Anastasia had seemed different. It wasn't the nosedive she took the first time she met Gray, where he had seen many women lose their equilibrium around him. It was the confidence in her voice. Maria thought Anastasia could truly challenge Gray, and as such, she might be the first to actually walk away. Once the contract was signed, that possibility was gone. Sure, Anastasia could still leave, but he would have already won. She'd go into the file of women that Gray thought he owned. But who was Maria to condemn Anastasia for her youthful infatuation? Maria knew the truth. She knew what Gray was capable of, but still she stayed. She hated herself, but still she stayed. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the ambition, so what was it? It used to be the hope that things would change, that the grunt work would lead to something real, that she could use her position in Gray House to make a difference in the world. Those were all excuses that she had exhausted long ago. She had made the world worse. She had enabled a monster. So what was it? Anastasia gasped, and Maria looked up to see that they had reached the section of the contract detailing sex toys. All manner of dildos, vibrators, beads, and rings were listed. At the end, though, there was always a blank space to be filled in by hand according to the kink Gray saw on his target. (laughs) Based on Anastasia's interest in journalism, Maria imagined it might be a fountain pen, but a full quilt wasn't out of the question. Maybe a typewriter. (laughs) Before long, Anastasia initialed, and they were on to the last page of the contract. The diagrams are visible on the monitor, but Maria knew what they entailed without needing to see them on the hidden camera. They were the full range of sexual positions expected to be performed by Anastasia, detailed down to the degrees of flexibility required. Anastasia would have to initial by each one, and... Greg was looking at Maria through the monitor. In reality, he was staring into the camera, but she knew his gaze was meant only for her. Even on the screen, it was piercing and humiliating. What was worse was that Maria knew exactly what it meant. He wanted her to schedule a physician's appointment for Anastasia to clinically verify that she had been truthful in her claimed flexibility. A truly grim request, and Maria knew it only from a glance. She knew that glance and a thousand others equally as deplorable, but she didn't know why she stayed. She thought on this for a long time. And then, Maria did something she hadn't done in months. She laughed. How could she expect Anastasia to leave when she still stayed? The thought reached her with an absolute delighting clarity, and Maria was standing before she realized it. She left the room and the monitor and the years of bullshit behind. Each step towards the lobby buoyed her spirits, and when she pressed the call button, she had a naive hope that the elevator would actually come. The end. Whoa! Whoa. Oh, man! (laughs) Whoa! Wow! <laughs> you were right. That is that is not what I expected. Not what you were expecting. Oh, not at all. God. But that is not a bad thing at all. Marcus Mam. <laughs> this was fantastic. I I I I didn't expect this. I was expecting fan fiction. Hell, I told I told Andrew that I expected you to make Anastasia fuck Christian or something. <laughs> Yeah, and, tables turn. And instead, instead, you do this whole new perspective on a scene. Like this is, I, I now granted I know nothing about fan fiction. This is like what fan fiction should be. 
This is <laughs> you take a scene and a situation that we know, and you look use it to look at it from another point of view. And so what you did here, you did oh, you did literally such interesting stuff. You literally did that in the prose, yeah. which is very <laughs> clever, and it was really <laughs> enjoyable. No, what I loved about it was the internal conflict of the character, which also felt kind of metatextual in that it's kind of the same conflict that I felt watching it and that we kind of discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're entertained by what you're seeing, but yet at the same time you feel kind of complacent in it. And you wonder if you should be condoning that sort of behavior. And, you know, the film, I think, overall was a little more women-friendly than I expected it to be. Um, but I think that count, that conversation can still be had. And this this piece kind of went to bat for that went and, and explored that. And that was really interesting um, to, to, to yeah. listen to that. And that was cool that you tried that out. Um, yeah, so uh, so tell us about uh, the, the process, Marcus. Boy, yeah. So <laughs> I thought about doing a lot of things. You know, I thought about going for just pure smut for uh, <laughs> just do it right there on the table. Uh, I thought about doing the scene just as a plain conversation back and forth there. But I realized I needed to find what interested me in the story that you told me. And the thing that I couldn't get out of my mind was exactly what you guys were laughing about when watching it. Who put the contracts in the bus or, you know, in the in the garage? I really and, like that detail. I'm so happy you answered that question. Oh, it's I got to peer behind the veil and see how the operation works. So, so yeah, I had to come up with a character that I thought was interesting and I wanted to see, you know, I made Christian probably a lot darker than he is actually portrayed. Uh, <laughs> stealing her blood to run tests and all that. Uh, but I, I was just too fascinated by the idea of what this organization for this multi-billionaire would look like when all he cares about is seducing young college women. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, you you did make it very much darker than it's portrayed in the uh, film. Uh, this is a, a seedy underbelly that it turns Christian into a super villain, yeah. and it, it, I like it. I gotta admit, I I like it. It it disturbs me more if I take this as uh, as the true form of the events because it makes, it's headcanon. Yeah, exactly. It, it's 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 headcanon now, which means I can never watch this again. I'm gonna be like Anastasia, run! <laughs> Don't stay there, girl. Get out of there. You're gonna see those babes in Greyland, and you're gonna be like, one of them is Maria Hart. One of, or wait, uh-huh. no, it can't be because she's locked up <laughs> in this observing room. Oh man, that and that that end that came so cold. soon. That came at very unexpected. I wow, that was I loved the end. That ended was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the sort of thing where now you know I'm trying to think about you know. You know, assessing what we had predictions-wise, you know, just based on the assignment, what we were thinking going in. And we almost have to throw that out the window completely because, <laughs> like, I'm looking – I'm just looking at our um, our notes and then considering what you just wrote, and it's completely different. Um, hmm. So it's kind of like I'm, a, I'm on my toes trying to figure out how to, what to think of this because it was so such a surprise, <laughs> such a welcome surprise. I mean, it. I wrote down while, while you were reading that – you he turned this this 
like sex drama thing into a paranoid thriller. You know, it's it's like <laughs> this kind of. I mean, it's it's a completely different genre piece at this point. Like Eric mentioned, he's a supervillain. I mean, that's absolutely what he was in this case, which was really interesting. Um, and also, I uh, I'm just considering right now, like, what do you? that you, you were looking for something that was interesting to you in that, and that really came across, and that's really cool that you took it that way rather than trying to force something. Um, how early on in the process did that come to you? Was that something that you wrestled with for a while, or did you come to that conclusion pretty swiftly? Well, even when you were talking, I had a note saying that uh, obviously one of the babes in Greyland had to place those contracts, uh, but I didn't know what the story was going to be, and I, I still... I just couldn't get behind either Christian or Anastasia. Um, so I need to figure out someone I could get behind and someone in a Love scene that. where I could actually tell a story. You know what I think is really great? You looked at this, and from everything we told you, you're like, Christian Grey, that's a trashy character. Anastasia Steele, another terrible character. I'm going to write a better one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the essence of fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. You did it all right. Uh, it, it was a good character. It was a really that's, good that's character. The thing. Yeah, the it was, internal conflict. She was completely fleshed out. She was interesting. She she had a backstory, and there was drama there. Um, I, I could also see a lot of influence from what you're doing with your life right now, uh, talking sure. about uh, where she went to school, where the other babes in Greyland went to school, um, her MBA and all that. Um, so I, I could see a lot of you in this, and I mean that in the best way possible. That this was this was purely from you. You were not forcing yourself into a uh, into a piece that you weren't comfortable with. Um, I was worried and excited to see what your take on a sex scene was going to be. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm a little disappointed that I haven't gotten to see that. But the quality of what you wrote, the prose was so strong, the voice was so strong. I I can't fault you at all. Um, you, you made me think about how a typewriter could be used as a sex toy. <laughs> so that's exciting. You, you mean you don't, you don't do know? With the ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> with the ribbon. Well, Andrew, did that uh, did that throw you at all? Uh, I think your, it was your bonus point that was uh, most creative sex toy. Yeah, so when that popped up, I was pretty pleased. Um, it was, again, used completely different than I was expecting. You know, I was thinking actual uh, practice use. <laughs> so yeah. it was in theory. It was, you know, just, you know, speculation. <laughs> but it was there. Absolutely. Um, well, when I when I decided to go kind of off to left field, I knew I at least had to hit your bonus points. Because I had no idea if you guys would just go, what the hell did you just write? <laughs> You know, why, why are you wasting our time on this? Or uh, if you get into it, I think you got to give yourself more credit than that. <laughs> um, you also got the uh, use of the tie again. I think that was oh, uh, yeah. it was it was mentioned a few times. He caresses the tie. She talks about how he likes to wear the bondage ties for the rare interview. That was which fantastic. Is a, a nice detail. So it it wasn't necessarily uh, using the tie in a creative way, but it was it it played a an important part it was a good detail yeah I mean, so i gotta give you credit it, it wasn't again it wasn't used in practice but when you mentioned that detail about the magazine covers the photo ops oh my god like <laughs> that was so great how <laughs> what a twisted twisted trait of this character <laughs> so marcus you were worried about our reaction to this going in um 
is there anything that you wanted to ask us? Like, is there any specific feedback you need on this? Your well, Fifty so Shades of Grey. I know you, you imagined a lot of different things it could have been. Uh, is this worthy of uh, what the assignment was? Like, is, is it, are you happy that you got this instead of maybe what you were thinking? I am happy that, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this. It, it completely departed from the expectations. Um, I think it's deep down part of me, like, agreed, I agree with what Eric said earlier. I really wanted to see what Marcus Mann's sex, <laughs> wild, kinky sex fantasy was. Um, and I was hoping that this might be a good excuse to, uh, to uh, get that out of you. Um, I'll tell you offline. Oh, yeah. You have it until now. Um, but uh, I, so part of me kind of like I was, I was looking forward to that. Um, but I, I enjoyed this nonetheless. Oh, oh man. I, I think uh, what you did, Marcus, was very much uh, in the vein of uh, E.L. James in the uh, the author of the original who took uh, Twilight, uh, twisted it, wrote a fan fiction about it, and that became something else. You kind of did the same sort of thing, which I appreciate a lot. So I think just it, it is pure to the spirit of the thing. Uh, a plus. Um, should we score this thing? Yeah, man. I'm gonna. I, I'd, I'd give it nine ball gigs out of ten. Easily. Nine ball gigs <laughs> out of ten. You know what? I'm. I, I gotta say, I'm just. I'm just floored. I love this more than I should probably. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna give this a perfect uh, seventeen out of seventeen contracts. Oh wow! Oh yeah. man, one for each That's of his rides. Score. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun. Cool. Any final thoughts? Oh, well, boy. we got to tell the people where they can watch this fantastic film, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. So, uh, so Andrew? again, uh, we watched it on HBO Go. So at the time of this recording or around its release, uh, you can still check it out there, I'm sure, for the next couple of months. Um, and then despite, from that, uh, despite of that, it's going to be available wherever you can buy or rent Amazon, that sort of thing. And uh, we highly recommend uh, cracking open a nice red oh. while you watch this. I Maybe would... <laughs> uh, sit on a, on a comfy little couch, pre- preferably a love seat. Uh, preferably leather. Uh, and uh-huh. also, we do recommend uh, the Menage a Trois California Red Blend. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we snack, That's what we popped open for this particular viewing. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, uh, there are going to be future films in this series, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, Fifty Shades Darker, oh. and uh, I forget what the third one's called. Oh, no, I... Fifty Shades Freed. Freed, because he, oh, he breaks ooh. free of the bondage of I his see. something or other. We are definitely going to have to do this again, then. When the next film comes out, Andrew, we're going to have to find a way to smuggle a bottle of Menage a Trois into the theater, because we're watching <laughs> this thing right away. Just fill up your Jumbo Coke. <laughs> That is happening. Sounds like a plan. That's a date. Oh, good. Well, Marcus, good job. Any any final things from you? Uh, thank you for embracing my kink in this story. And uh, yes, we will see you listeners next time. Bye-bye. 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 
Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Greetings, Sham Fiction listeners. Andrew here. Next week on the podcast, Eric will be our writer, and we'll be delving into a whimsical and fantastic world from one of our favorite authors. Bring some flowers and prepare to pay your respects, because we're going for a walk amongst the tombstones with the one living boy who resides with the dead. Next time on Sham Fiction. <laughs>